Do you have a stubborn child? Do you ever feel like you're in a constant battle with them about boundaries and what to do and what they should stop doing, etc.? Is it driving you crazy? If so, welcome to the second episode of Dear Apparently Parent, the special Q&A sessions of the Apparently Parent podcast. And today I'm going to answer a question sent to me by a mother of, of a super stubborn four-year-old girl. That's her words. And we're going to talk about the difference between things that you can negotiate with your child about and the non-negotiables and how you can help your children cope better with pursuing their passions and, you know, not ruining everything around them. So let's cue the intro and talk about some stubborn children. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Iran Katz and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Iran Katz. Hello, my friend. How are you in these days? I'm so happy that you joined me today to this episode of the Apparently Parent podcast. And as I've said at the beginning, this is a Q&A session. I'm calling these sessions Dear Apparently Parent. And in these sessions, I'm answering questions submitted to me by parents just like you. And my hope is that everyone can learn from those answers, not only the person who sent them. So, first of all, if you want to send me your questions, you're welcome to do so. Just go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash podcast. And at the bottom of the page, you will see uh, there's a form that you can fill up and you can send me your questions. You can do so anonymously if you want to, and you can do so not anonymously, whatever you choose. Just go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash podcast and send me your questions. And one such question was sent to me by a mother of a four-year-old girl. And I'm going to read you her questions and then we're going to talk about it. So, so this is what she wrote me. My four years old is super stubborn. I can only blame myself. She got it from me. So she keeps insisting on things and keeps getting disappointed. I want to help her cope better with both her passion and her disappointment. Well... I think that's a great question, especially when you look at the end, because what she's saying, this mother, is that she uh, she wants to help her child cope better with her passion, pursuing her passions on one hand, and being disappointed on the other hand, right? And this is lovely, because this is a, a woman who sees her child, who sees her child's needs. She even recognizes herself in her child, in a way. She was uh, super stubborn, or maybe she is super stubborn as well as an adult, I don't know. And, you know, sometimes when you put two super stubborn people uh, in the same room, especially when one is a four-year-old, things can get, uh, you know, heated r- rather quickly. So my feeling is that this mother, and thank you, dear mother, for sending us this question, my feeling is is that you really hate those situations when you have to tell her, no, you can't do that, because you feel feel her disappointment. Maybe, Maybe your child doesn't know how to express that disappointment 
in words, in like saying, you know, I'm really disappointed in you, mother, that you're not letting me do that. So she's probably, you know, stomping your feet or yelling or shouting or I don't know. And, and it raises some bad feelings for you. And I think in your question, what you didn't say, but I guess it's what you feel is that you want to feel better about those situations when you do have to, you know, put your foot down. Because one, one way of dealing with this is, you know, letting go and being over-permissive. And almost, it's, it's, you know, to the extreme is not caring about what she does. But you do care, okay? So you won't go there because that can really quickly become negligent and, you know, hurtful for her. So I think the issue here is the tension between wanting something on one hand and not getting it on the other. And in other words, it's about learning to live with disappointments. But how do we learn to live with disappointments? How did you learn to live with disappointments? Well, we need to practice, okay? What you need to do is you need to help your child practice being disappointed and being disappointed without feeling that the world just crashed all over her head and, you know, the world is over. Because sometimes children can, can feel like that or, or express their feelings in, in such a manner. So, first of all, what you need to do, what you can do is you, you can try to recognize those passions, okay, that your child has and, and find the passions that you're okay with and you can, you know, help her pursue and find ways to nurture those passions while still keeping the boundaries. And, and when you think about that, you will notice that there are some things that you can't let her do. And, and it's really important to differentiate between what we call the negotiables and the non-negotiables. So the non-negotiables are those things that you can't let her do, no matter what. For example, if she's really curious about the electric sockets in the house, And she really, really wants to check them out. You know, she, she expresses a deep interest in them. Obviously, you can't let her do that. You can't let her touch them. Or another example, my daughter, okay? She loves to climb on the backside of our living room sofa and jump down. And every single time she does that, my heart sinks as I imagine her falling down to the floor. So for me, that's a non-negotiable. At least 90% non-negotiable. If I'm standing next to her and I'm putting a hand next to her and, and, you know, keeping her safe, I'm okay with that. I don't like that, but I'm okay with that. But for the most part, it's a non-negotiable for me. So what are the non-negotiables for you? Some behaviors are universally non-negotiable for everybody, for every parent, or at least they should be, you know. But some are more subjective, I, I, I never liked it when my toddlers played with their food, mashing it and squishing it and spreading it all over the place. But I remember a conversation with a friend of mine who told me that she didn't care about it when her son did that. Also my mother, I remember times when I went with my children when they were little, you know, when they were babies and they ate at my mother's house, sitting on their baby chair and just, you know, pushing their hands into the food and squishing it and throwing it away, etc. And she didn't care. She didn't care about it, okay? I didn't like it, but she was okay with it. And there's no right and wrong here. It's really subjective, okay? So what 
I want you to do is to try and notice what are your own negotiables and non-negotiables. And you can actually write them down, okay? Take a couple of minutes and, and think about behaviors that she likes to do, even simple ones, even basic ones, and, and write next to it, is it negotiable or non-negotiable? And of course, you don't have to create a complete list right now. This is an ongoing process. This is an, an ever-growing list. And you don't have to write it down at all. You can keep it in your mind. I just want you to take it as an offer of a way of thinking about it and, and incorporate it into your uh, streamline of thoughts. Now, when you have those things that are negotiable, I want you to think about each and every one and, and try to ask yourself why why is it important for you to set that boundary? Okay, now this question, why? It's a super, super important question for parents and, you know, for everybody. Because if we would do things in the world, in our job, in our relationships, etc., without stopping to ask ourselves, why do we bother to do that? We usually get stuck or we do things automatically without thinking about it and this is what makes us kind of a drifter and, and not you know if you think about parenting as as a ship um, not I'm, I'm talking about the ship that goes on the ocean not the not a ship that goes bah and and you're the captain of the ship okay if you listen to this podcast before you know that's how I like to think about parenting so you can be the type of captain that doesn't care about where the wind comes from and lets his or her ship just drift here and there and here and there and that's that, okay? But what I want you to do, what I'm offering people is to be uh, a more directive kind of captain of the ship, the one oh, that sees ahead, that looks ahead, that has a map, that has a compass, that knows where they want to go and and act in a way that helps them go there. So one important thing that you have to do is ask yourself, why? Why do I want to get there? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Or why I'm not doing what I want to do? Okay, so this is a really important question. So take those negotiable activities, the ones that are negotiable, but you do want to set a boundary for, and ask yourself, why? Why is it important for you to set that boundary? Now, what you may discover is that sometimes it's not really crucial for you. Sometimes you can let go. Sometimes this negotiable is really negotiable and it's not really important for you to set that boundary. You can discover that and you may be surprised about that. Okay? And then you can give your child a little more space for exploration. Okay? Sometimes, however, it will be harder to let go. Even if you realize that it's something that's negotiable and you can let go of it and maybe you even want to let go of it, you may find it in yourself that it's really hard to stop insisting with her and, you know, then she becomes disappointed, etc. So this is where some inner work is due for you. And I want you to take such an example and think about it. Okay, everybody is listening right now. Think about something that your children like to do and that you don't like when they do that, okay? And imagine it as vividly as you can and notice what it feels like in your body. I bet there's a place with tension somewhere in your body when you, when you realize that. And what do you want to do at that moment? Okay, you can try to, you know, really try to imagine the situation as vividly as you can and notice what your body feels like and what does it want to do. And 
I, I bet that the thing that you're feeling pushed into doing is probably something on the lines of, I want to yell at her, or I want to grab her and just take her away from there. Sometimes you, you just feel this need to force her to stop whatever way you can. Okay, we've all been there. But what I want you to try and to do is to zone in on the feeling, the emotion, the, the, the vibration in your body. Is it, is it fear? Is it anger? What's going on there? Okay, so s- stay with that as much as you can. And now I want you to try to notice what are your thoughts about that. What are you thinking about your girl, about, your, about her behavior, about yourself? We are looking for the thoughts because usually what you're feeling in that moment stems from a certain chain of thoughts that is roaming through your mind at that moment. And really, if you have the time to do this as an exercise, and I really recommend doing that every now and then, just sit down and write down all the thoughts, okay? Dump them on that paper and write down everything that comes to mind and when when you see your child doing that specific behavior that you're zoning into, that you're thinking about. Try to notice what is the story that is played in your mind. A, A really easy example for that would be watching your child touching a hot stove, okay? The emotion you may be feeling is fear and the thought you may be having is something like, if she'll touch that stove, she's going to get burned. And I don't want her to get hurt. And those are two important thoughts, right? So you want to prevent, that's the action you want to do. You want to prevent her from touching the stove and getting burned, etc. Okay, you want to do something about it. And you should do something about it. I'm not saying that every thought, you know, you should dismiss it or, or something like that. Not at all. But let's try and think about something, an example that is less, you know, black and white. For example, a child using her crayons to paint on the table, okay, and not on the paper. So if it's an expensive table that it's, you know, it's not easy to clean, you may be thinking, oh gosh, I don't want this table to be ruined. Maybe that's not the case. Okay, you may still have such a thought, even if it's a simple plastic or or wood table, okay? Maybe the thought is something like children shouldn't act that way. Okay, this is a rule. Okay, uh, we call these thoughts rule settings. Children should not act that way. Or that's the behavior of a brat and I am not raising a brat. You can see how these thoughts may drive an emotion and an action that in the end of the day only leads you to more fights with her and more frustrations and more disappointments on her end and then you feel bad about it, etc. And by the way, a lot of times these, these kind of thoughts are like distant echoes from your own childhood. Have you ever said something to your child and immediately felt that you're becoming your mom or your dad? That's what I'm talking about. Many of these thoughts about behavior are just reflections from what we heard as kids, but now you're the adult. You can challenge those thoughts and maybe even replace them with other thoughts. And of course, there would be times when you do want to impose a boundary and you'll find yourself stuck in an uphill battle with a little kid who is very, very stubborn. Well, sometimes you just have to stick to your guns. If you listen to episode 5 of this podcast, you know the difference between being an authoritarian and an authoritative parent. And if you haven't, go and listen to it. I'll put a link in the show notes of this episode. You can find it at apparentlyparent.com forward slash 14. 
Anyway, the main difference between being authoritarian and authoritative can be found in how warm are you with your child. Both parenting styles impose demands on the behavior of the child. They have strict demands, but they communicate them in a different manner. The authoritarian parent just gives commands, like in the army. And when the child doesn't follow through, the response can be harsh. And not necessarily violent, I mean harsh in the relational way. There's no warmness, there's no, you know, no one tries to see the things from the child's point of view. But the authoritative parent will insist on the boundary while still communicating in a warm and understanding way. And if you want to learn more about that and how to do that, I really, really recommend reading the book No Drama Discipline, written by Dan Siegel and Tina Brayson. It's an awesome book. I'll put the link in the show notes. Again, it's called no drama discipline. It will give you all you need to know and how to communicate in moments when you want to discipline your child. Okay, so this is what you want to do, right, mom? You want you want to discipline her. You want to tell her when you, she shouldn't do something without making her disappointed or without making her too disappointed. Now, the thing about authoritative parenting is that you have to be willing to accept the presence of negative emotions, both in your child and in yourself, because as you impose your boundaries. Your child may feel frustrated and react accordingly, in anger, sadness, crying, screaming, I don't know. You may feel guilty about it. You may feel it's unbearable for you to, to see that. But you have to be strong here, my friend, because it's a storm and storms pass. And that does not mean ignoring the emotion, not at all. That would be the act of an authoritarian parent, not an authoritative parent. What it does mean, it means you should respond to the emotion, taking care of the emotion, being compassionate towards your child without giving in to that emotion. And the same is true, by the way, to yourself and your own emotions, because when you see your child like that, you may feel bad for yourself and you should find a way to be compassionate towards yourself that will help you hold onto that emotion, those negative emotions without succumbing to them and changing your behavior and, and, you know, moving away from your values or something like that. So, yeah, you may feel sad. You may realize that suddenly you're thinking about yourself as a bad mom. But if you take a step back for a second, are you? Are you a bad mom? I bet that you're not a bad mom. Okay, don't let that feeling steer you away from what you hold dear and true to your heart. So, you know, if I need to really quickly recap the answer to your question is that, yeah, sometimes you have to insist with your child about something that she really wants to do. You know, you, you call it her passion. You, you say that she's super stubborn. She's insisting on doing things. And you can't let her do everything that she wants because some things are dangerous and some things are just undoable in, in specific situations. And when you tell her to stop, you will inevitably create the, the, the emotion of disappointment in her. So, so first of all, you need to figure out what behaviors are negotiable for you. So you may ease down on, you know, insisting with her. Because if you are super stubborn, maybe you are insisting on things that you shouldn't insist upon, right? So think about that. But when you do have to insist on something, when it's non-negotiable or you can't let her do that in that moment, you need to find a way to do that in the authoritative way, in the no-drama discipline way, in a communicating way, in a warm way. And then, yeah, she may feel disappointed because you told her not to do something that she wants to do. If someone tells you not to do something that you want to do, you're going to feel disappointed yourself. 
it's okay, it's part of life. Okay, but what you can do for her is to help her feel the emotion, not being scared of that emotion, not succumbing to the feeling that everything's gone wrong and the world is ending because of that. And, and you know, to teach her how to handle these emotions and how to handle disappointments. And, you know, sometimes when you really want to do something, but you can't, yeah, you feel disappointment, but then you think about a solution, something else that you can do related or non-related okay this is a a wonderful uh, lesson for life so i really really hope that helps you the mother who sent me this question and also everyone else who's listening to this right now because i really really uh, think that when we listen to answers like that stemming from other parents questions you it can really hit the spot with with you because some questions are really related to your own life and you know we Uh, kind of undoing the aloneness of being a parent like that so i really want to know what you think about that what you feel when you listen to that so i would love that if you will let me know okay you can go to apparentlyparent.com and there's a contact page there and you can write to me whatever you want i answer each and every message i get and you can also go to my instagram account at apparentlyparent and and write a dm to me over there i would love that and i answer all of those as well and if you have any questions that you want to ask uh, for dear apparently parent just go to the show notes of this episode okay apparently parent.com forward slash 14 and you will find a little button that you can press and a form will pop up and write whatever you want you can do so anonymously and i will get that and i will do my best to answer your questions on the podcast. I cannot promise to answer all the questions, but I, I promise to read them all and do my best. So that's that. I really, really hope you enjoyed these episodes and I really, really thank you for listening. Please share it with your friends uh, if you found it helpful and spread the word. And it will really help me if you will go to Apple Podcasts and, you know, search for the Apparently Parent Podcast and just leave uh, a review. You can just leave stars how many you want or a couple of words whatever you want to say good and bad i learn from it all and it helps me get in front of more people so i would really really appreciate if you do that and that's it i really hope you enjoyed this session of dear apparently parent and i will see you next thursday with a fresh episode of the apparently parent podcast until then goodbye